0: Motor Mouths, Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis.
1: All right.
0: well, right.
2: Let's go. It's time to talk cars. Are you ready? Always ready. Yeah, let's do this. For the next hour, we're going to talk about cars. And let's face it, a car, the car, your
1: car is in your life as much as a family member. In I most like cases. to think so. Yeah. I think it's kind of more like a pet. A yeah, pet. Pal- right? I I have I've had this discussion ditch. They they always say like, "Oh, mechanics are like doctors for your cars." I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of more like your veterinarian." Yeah. You know, it's it's your property. You're taking the property to get looked at. It's up to you what happens. What happens to it. It's a little, little bit different, but you know, you're not you're not far off. It's it's a member of the family just like your pet.
2: Got a lot to talk about with cars from all aspects of it. So, let's just jump right in. First of all, you reach us uh, here very easy at 901-683-0989. Get a question or comment on the board through our Rick's Powder coating text line uh, if you want to reach out uh, by social media
1: of course we got themotormouths.com you can email us any issues gripes complaints concerns send us some pictures whatever the case may be and uh, you can find me on twitter at budmotormouth. motormouth you can check out my youtube channel which i know i keep saying i'm going to put new content on there it's authorities authority's garage i got some i got some stuff in the works for that and of course you can uh, interact with me live on twitch uh, at uh, twitch.tv slash Thority Undead. It's gaming content, but I'm always happy to talk cars.
2: And, of course, online. It's really easy. Just uh, one place, one-stop one, one shop at newstalk com. At the top, you'll see the Motor Miles, and we link everything right there as well, so it really makes it easy. Uh, some big stories this week. Where, where do you want us to start? Oh, and before we get into that, uh, let's let's also talk about uh We got a special guest coming up on the Motor Miles that... Uh, People may know you, at least know of his association in Memphis. And uh, coming up in the next segment, I, I I've got to re- remind you to be listening because we got a studio guest who I did not know was a car guy, and I uh, found out this week. So we invited him to come talk about cars. He's a big. Uh, he's got quite the collection. Does, and he's uh, he's also a big fan of uh, sports program here and, in in and he in knows Memphis. he
1: knows his stuff They're, you get a lot of guys they they collect a bunch of cars they don't really do a lot of research they just like having the shiny thing in their house and that's perfectly fine but you know for someone to get on the motor miles and talk cars it's nice it's nice when you get a guy who knows who knows his stuff and does his research in the background of the cars he's collecting
2: yeah so in our next segment stick around for that also we have a studio guest with some questions and uh want to hear his experience about his uh, truck and some repairs that he had done on his truck seems like we've been getting a lot of that lately here on the motor Miles. questions comments about repairs and uh, the cost of repairs and, and, and it's a, it's unfortunate
1: deal. too a lot of folks just you know there's no there's no uh, formal education out there, like, and especially in like driver's ed or something like that on how to just maintain your car and take care of it, what it means to own a car that's got over a hundred thousand miles. This is something we've talked about before, you know, the cars need regular maintenance and attention. And most folks just want to get in, drive it. But if you want to save money and have a car, that's going to last you a while, it's good to educate yourself and know what your maintenance schedule is going to look like and what your car, what your car is telling you it needs. We have some news from Ford. We'll get to that in just a minute, Bud. You
2: got some news out of the Chrysler? uh, It's not really
1: news. I just had to. I just had to show you this, man. Okay. I I I see this. uh, Someone sent me this post on Twitter. It's a Chrysler 300, which they're fi- they're fine cars. You know, big I, ass. I, I, talk I, about a big yeah, ass. I I bag on Chrysler a bit, and it, it's hit or miss depending on the era. Everything got weird in 2014, but this is a 2006 300 with the V6. These, those 3.5 V6s are not terrible motors. This thing has 524 thousand miles on it, which means you're if, if you know if it's if your truck's a Chrysler product, man, you're yeah. you're just breaking it in. You still got a lot of life left in that. Right thing. now,
2: my mine is at 305. Thousand miles uh and still humming along, man. Yeah, still.
1: still if, it, wh- I think it's crying, but whatever you want to call it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Would you say when I think of some of the ugliest cars in history, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there, and you may disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh Mopar Chrysler has put out some of the ugliest cars in history.
1: Yeah, I mean, the 300
2: was ugly. The Magnum, which I essentially was the station wagon I got version. A soft of
1: spot for the Magnum because I love wagons. What? It's you know it had the Hemi in it. like look I wasn't yeah. gonna buy one but I've driven one there they were fine but yeah they didn't last There's, I, I understand it's one of those I, I get why it's unpopular but like I said I got a bit of a soft spot I love wagons
2: neither one of those cars from Chrysler really had a long life their shelf life was very, no, yeah, very they limited made, they
1: kind of made a splash they looked cool and then vanished no one was talking about them I mean what was but the the, the three hundred is super popular I see them all over the place they do have that kind of like elegant luxury sedan look to them with that I love the big grill. And see the these these they either die young or last forever. It's yeah. so weird. I never see the V8s hit this kind of mileage, but those those little V6s are actually I guess pretty durable.
2: And what what the my big problem with those 300s is with a lot of with a lot of car guys is uh is the aftermarket stuff that people put on them. And they try to do all this aftermarket add-on stuff to yeah. them and modify them. The 300 as it is off the line is okay. Yeah. Uh but when you see them, with a bunch of added chrome around the wheel wells and a bunch of other is it, nonsense on them it just really makes
1: them look man, ugly man a little bit too a little bit too decorated they they do lend themselves to putting nice rims on them though yeah. some some cars yeah. it's like just leave the original wheels on there but uh those 300s uh, lend themselves to just some nice chrome rims but anyway anyway Andrea, what do you what do you got so Itch?
2: Ford announced this week a uh, a question that we've been wondering now for what a year yeah, we've Two been talking years about this almost? a lot uh Blue Oval City what is going to come off the line um, at Blue Oval City in 2025 yeah
1: we originally thought it was going to be the F-150 Lightning's and they said, no, it's not going to be that. Then I thought I I was speculating it was going to be the Maverick Right, because uh, they were coming out with. Ford
2: had suggested it was going to be a smaller version. Uh, it was going to be a scaled-down version in size. So we thought, oh, maybe a, a new incarnation of the Ranger or the Maverick. Yeah, like an
1: electric Maverick or something like that.
2: Well, Ford has announced that this uh, blueprint for Ford's electric future is here in West Tennessee at what's called Blue Oval City. And they have a revolutionary electric vehicles, and they are introducing to the world... What will be coming off the 3,600-acre Blue Oval City campus is a truck called Project T3. T3. Trust the truck is what the three T's stand for. Oh, yeah, because when a
1: corporation tells you trust them, that's exactly what you do immediately, right? Right, yeah. And this will be uh, the only product coming off of
2: Blue Oval City's line, and it looks like uh, slated for end of 2024, early 2025. Um, You know, the Lightning, which everybody... uh, it's a it's a decent truck you and i've had the opportunity to test drive that um is not what's going to be coming off the line here again it's uh, ford's new product called project t3 is
1: it going to be an electric or have they electric said, oh yeah, yeah no yeah.
2: it's all electric it's a whole new technology it's going to uh as ford i'm paraphrasing in their statement uh but this is going to be um it's going to meet this today's digital standards so there's going to be all okay. kinds of downloads for this thing and it'll i don't be know. interesting
1: to see, it'll be interesting to see but it when they when they bring it out so when we'll check
2: your it out. car comes with apps and you have to download apps to keep it current uh you know we're we're in a whole new uh, uh or it's a whole new world the first thing
1: to. that comes to mind is that planned planned obsolescence we see with iphones and whatnot as soon as this new as soon as the new model comes out your iPhone starts slowing down, and you know it's because they're making the software less compatible or more obnoxious, so that you are kind of driven to buy the replacement. And I'd, I'd hate to see cars go down that road. I have a little bit more faith in Ford than that, but uh, you know I'll be I'll be skeptical.
2: Yep, and their engineers. I have not seen a, 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 a you know what it looks it looks like yet. The Project T3, which is kind of a weird. Name for a truck. All right. But anyway, let's get to our first guest sitting here in the Motor Mile studio, Chad.
0: Welcome in, man. Hey, it's good to be here. Big fan of the show.
2: Thank you, man. Well, yeah. it, we, we want people to understand.
0: Bud and I are not experts, but we are car you guys. You sound like experts.
2: Oh, thanks. Well,
0: we're... That comes we're, with practice. But I mean, I call you guys when I have a problem with my truck.
2: We've done some work on your truck, yes. And yeah. it, and it, you know why I have always volunteer to work on, on Chad's truck is because, I you know, I, I need the experience. So it's like, all right. <laughs> I'll let you use your truck as a guinea pig for my experience. Exactly. But so far, what I've done to it hasn't fallen off, right?
0: No. Uh, yeah, we put a bumper on there, a back bumper, which I uh, kind of backed into one of those little yellow poles, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't live with that little dent in my uh, bumper. I'm like, I'm like, ditch. So let's. Can you help me with this bumper? And you're like, Yeah, let's do it. So we learned. That was the experience.
2: And and I'll tell you what, like, real quick on that, I, I just want people to understand uh, that that was. Putting the bumper on
0: your truck was—it uh, saved you. How much money do you think it saved you? Man, I would say over a thousand dollars. Yeah, because the the bumper offline, you got it, it online. Got like two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Yeah.
2: And then an afternoon, and there was one. It was actually very easy to get the old one off. It was a mistake on tightening some bolts with the new one. We went kind of backwards. backwards. Yeah.
0: Right. We did. But I, one... I missed
1: out on this project because I caught it, COVID. It yeah. was not yeah. on purpose. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we could have used you, bud. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. But we
1: once we got it on, I mean it's it's still on. Okay, good. All right, that's the most important thing. So what, what's going on with it now?
0: That uh, you're uh, you're dealing with something with the was that like the coolant temperature sensor? Yeah. So I uh, went to dinner the other night. pulled back into the uh, to my place. Turn off the truck, and I'm like, man, my my motor's still running. I'm like, what is going on? It's, but it was the fan in the motor that was still running. I yeah. popped the hood. I'm like, I could feel the air coming off the fan. I'm so like, the fan's still working what, to cool the engine. What is going on? I'm like, so yeah, I didn't know what was happening. So so it, it, so it stayed on for like. Probably three four minutes. Okay, yeah. well, GMs after, will after, do that
1: on a particularly hot day if you've been running the AC. That fan to will say. run to, to burn the heat off the uh well, I, w- off I wasn't, the radiator I, wasn't and res-
0: I wasn't running the AC. Either.
1: Right, right, and it wasn't a particularly hot day either, no. which is why you were right to to think something was yeah. up and uh, yeah. to, Chad, to investigate. You you did the right thing here,
2: but we can't uh, um, emphasize enough. One of the most quickest one of the quickest ways to damage your engine is to run it hot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, um, that's that, so. that, that, that's 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 been a staple. We talked about that uh, that that town and country that I worked on. The guy seized the motor because he he was I was only overheating for like ten minutes. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I
2: can't emphasize this, when, you, when you're, when you when you're and I don't know what your gauge went to. If it goes up I, to H, you pull
0: that thing off the road and shut her down. I didn't have a gauge that said that. I just had an engine light okay. that came on.
2: Engine light came on. Yes. The fan continued on when you yes. turned the, the engine yes. off. Yes, yeah. And uh, and so that's when he reached out to me and said, what's going on? And I thought it was, a, I thought maybe you were low
0: on coolant. He yeah. Was like, I said, your fan's working to cool things off. I, I checked that. That was fine. Then I looked it up on YouTube, and it was like a, a coolant. Temp sensor, which I've never heard of for the radiator. Yeah, and you know what? You know it's you know it's kind of never heard kind of that. It was kind of wild it, when when you mentioned it. I went to
1: Google it. I typed in 2015 GMC Sierra. Mm-hmm. The first autofill from Google was coolant temperature sensor. Wow. So this is obviously a, a recurring issue. And uh, did you said you looked into it a little bit uh, about what what they're doing with this?
2: Well, so this GMC—it's a 2015 GMC Sierra, yeah. and there, there is, there's other. Is this a four-wheel drive? Yeah. Have you had transfer case problems with it? That's not, another big one. Not yet. Okay. So
0: uh, how many miles? Not, are, how many miles are on not your truck? One hundred eight thousand miles. Oh, okay, so you—you you, it's still a baby. Well, I mean, by truck I mean, standards, that's th- a baby things are going to start happening to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, got a, I got a feeling I'm going to have to start spending some money on replacing some things. And that's something you Because say, I've uh, not done anything to it, really. Yeah, usually around
1: 100,000 miles. It's I mean, if you haven't done spark plugs, you're about due for a tune-up. Uh, tune-up these days is just spark plugs and maybe the coils, but coils aren't usually crucial. But um, the other thing is usually around, if you haven't done shocks, you start I've, start giving it the bounce test. You don't necessarily have to just jump on it because of the mileage, right. but you want to pay attention to that because if you, if, the, if you let the shocks go, everything goes bad behind them. Like what? Like your brakes. Yeah. You're, you know, uh, you know every time you if, if your shocks are bad every time you hit the brakes you're mm-hmm. putting more pull on the on the brakes because it's not absorbing any of the imp, not, not, not so much impact but the the weight distribution from when you hit the brakes every time you turn a corner you're putting more pressure on your suspension every time you accelerate it's pulling back it's putting more on your drivetrain
0: it's yeah. just it's just it's it's a total I didn't re- uh, I didn't realize your shocks had that much. do with everything else
2: oh absolutely and you know with with that truck and i'm not trying i'm not here to scare you chad i'm just here to (laughs) tell you when you look at some of the problems with the the sierra from at least the 2015 i'm not sure but some of the top three or four things are sensors the transfer case position sensor the fuel level sensor are some of the top things that pop up when that when that thing starts to uh so you, Get some miles on it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, that sensor that you had replaced was the coolant sensor. What What does that thing cost? That cost 102. The part. Yeah. Okay. Ther- then I had the thermostat with the housing replaced. Then I had to have the uh, radiator flushed. Flushed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That so comes with it. Total $837. Oh, that spiked up quick, didn't it? I mean, quick. Ooh, wow. Eight hundred thirty-seven. Well, you figure and that's
1: probably a couple
2: hours of labor. I and asked, I
0: asked for a discount, and they gave me ten percent discount. Okay, well, so good. That's with Honestly, the discount. Yeah. And the, there's uh, probably
2: got to be some sort of guarantee with yeah, b- work. Yeah,
0: but yeah, between
1: between all of that, that sounds that sounds a, a maybe a little high, but about right, just because there's probably a lot of labor in that. I don't know what doing a thermostat on that motor is like. Usually, thermostats aren't that bad. It's hour not that labor big of a deal, I mean, and but uh, I don't know how much you have to dismantle to get to that to that coolant sensor. Yeah. But uh, it probably comes. It probably uh, probably comes with doing the the fluid as well i don't know what fluids are costing these days i do them all myself and i know with uh with all the inflation we've been dealing with i've been hearing people say you know getting any of the any of the, i saw like 250 300 for transmission flushes nowadays it's wow
3: insane what?
2: so i mean because think about a, tra- a uh a, a coolant flush what is it bud you flush it three times typically with distilled it, it, water I well mean, if, i mean
1: if, if th- talk, i'm thinking about the length, the time that it... it it depends on if you're if you're doing it yourself or there's there's machines where basically you can you you can pull like the lower radiator hose Mm -hmm. or or the upper, usually it's the upper and you connect it to the machine. And basically as, as, as it, pulls out the old fluid it puts in the new fluid Gotcha but if you do it yourself there's actually a really good chris fix video and i know a lot of people come after me for talking about chris fix but some of his stuff is pretty some good some of his stuff's legit yeah and uh you basically you buy dis- you use distilled water distilled water doesn't have any minerals in it so that's right, what you right. want and yeah. you uh you run it through the entire you like drain and fill and run it about 3 or 4 times until the water's coming out clear then you run some cleaner through it and fill it that's if you do it yourself but you know you get it done at a at a shop and also you want to ask them are you doing a full flush with a machine or are you just draining it and filling it and uh, you got to be careful some shops they'll just do like they'll just drain the radiator and fill it, but it's still got old coolant inside the uh, engine itself. To do an actual flush, you want it cleared completely you, out. Yeah, this, you, it the should block be, everything. It has to be running. That that yeah. water pump has to be moving coolant through the system. And and again, these machines, you know, like I said, they basically they basically intercept uh, going from the the upper radiator hose. So as it's coming out of the water pump, it's going into the machine, and then the machine is putting clean coolant into the radiator. Yeah, I couldn't have done that
0: myself. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, You did. Yeah, you want You want to. You probably want to outsource. Total that. labor was like four hundred and thirty nine dollars. So it's a couple hours. Three, three hours yeah. or so. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And and then with diag- and with diagnosis, they did it in the too, same right? day. Too, yeah. And they had to diagnose cool. it as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So you got that
1: fee. That was ninety nine dollars. Oh, so you had ninety nine dollars on top of that? Oh no, ni- they rolled it in. Did they roll it in? yeah, they rolled it in. They will charge you ninety nine for the diagnosis, and then if you have them do the repair, they just they roll that into the price. But I
0: feel like I've got some more issues that are going to be coming up, and yeah. Is it, is, are you having any performance issues with it? What do you mean by that? Like, like do you feel it uh, un- underpowered or
1: no. taking time? Like, if it's taking longer
2: no. to start and I don't, or not really driving
0: very far? Right. So, you
2: know. I mean, you keep that thing in great shape.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are
2: you the only owner of that truck?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you
2: just, <laughs> and you probably will be true, right? I, I will mean,
0: keep that truck forever. Yes. Yeah,
2: that's my deal. Mine, yeah. Mine's not as beautiful as his, but mine's got me 300 and. 4,000, 5000 miles. That thing's <laughs> still,
0: still on life support, man. <laughs> it's in hospice, it's man. It's still running. <laughs> Well, Chad, how does it run now after you had all that? It's running good. Uh, it seems to be. I, the fans not coming on. You know, uh, everything seems to be working okay. Good, Excellent. deal. Yeah, I'd say I'd say if you've never done
1: spark plugs in it, that would probably be the next one to do. That's that's not uh, a really big job, but usually about a hundred thousand. That's when they run out, yeah. and you're, you'll get you'll get better performance out of it. What that's one of those things, and the, the, I could say the same for shocks. It's the the performance degrades so gradually and so little at a time you don't even notice it. And yeah. it's the same thing with shocks. You if your as your shocks go bad the and the the, the feeling of when you're driving it it happens so slowly that it's not until you get the new ones you go, oh, this is, this feels great, you know, because yeah, yeah. you're not, you're not feeling the body roll or the,
0: the, the inertia when you're stopping so much. What about the transmission fluid? I've never had that changed out. You need to. Yeah. Or the four-wheel drive, you know. Yeah, what, what I would, what I would
1: recommend about, about where you're at is, uh, they, they, they I saw in their, their maintenance schedule, they recommend transmission fluid, uh, around 60,000 miles. I'm not transmission. 30. I'm sorry. The, uh, transfer case fluid. Transfer case, uh, what, what I, what I've done, like with, I this with my jeep right Right when i bought my uh my 98 cherokee i took it to a shop i said transfer case both differentials just do the just do the fluid on those and it's it's one of those you probably could drive it another 20 to 50,000 miles and not have a problem but at the very least do the transfer case What's that cost? That's a that's a good question. I Have to get one of our guys on the line about that. I mean, it, it depends on the shop. It's probably about an hour of labor, yeah. and then plus the fluid. Yeah. So it, it's not too not bad. Not too bad. But, but yeah. if you're going to do the transmission, I, I I'm a firm believer. Take it to a transmission shop. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the sort of uh, like tire shops and, the, and 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 maintenance shops, they don't like doing transmissions anymore. Uh, the horror story I would hear is, guy comes in and says, "Hey, my transmission's acting a little funny. I think it just needs the fluid. Can you change the fluid out? You change the fluid out." And you know you hook it up to the machine. It's just similar to that that same process I was telling you with the with the coolant. Mm-hmm. They change out the fluid. Guy comes back two thousand miles later. You know everything was fine, and then you and guys then, did the fluid, and yeah. now my transmission exploded, yeah. and it's probably your fault. And then you're buying the guy a transmission. And there's so,
2: nothing more finicky than a
1: transmission. But uh, yeah, right. and, and uh, there's there's definitely this is this is something I I need more research on. But it, I've I've heard several times that if you reach a certain point with the transmission fluid, you don't want to change
2: it. That's what I've heard. Yeah, leave it because <laughs>
1: what what'll happen is what'll happen is that new fluid, it makes the clutch packs more sticky and oh. they'll, they'll, they have a harder time oh. releasing and they'll, they'll wear out. Now, I, I do, I have never personally experienced this. We got to get a transmission guy on and ask him about this for sure, Ditch. It's one of those, you're at about a hundred thousand. If you've never done the transmission fluid, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Okay.
2: The other thing about fluids, then this isn't, you're, you're not in this situation. I am. And I learned this because uh, I was thinking about going synthetic, but once your engine gets to a certain age, mm-hmm. if you haven't run synthetic through it Or a an oil with uh, a lot of additives and uh, uh, cleaners in it. Mm -hmm. I've read that you shouldn't convert it because what will happen is some of those some some of your area around your gasket actually may be sealed up by some of that gunk, unfortunately. And those additives will clear out some of that gunk, and then you find out you have you you breaks it loose and you got a gasket that's now leaking. I do
0: synthetic. Yeah, yeah well, definitely, yeah. and just just stick with stick it. With yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, the the, the only it's thing it's not cheap. I would, the, yeah,
1: it's it's worth the extra. It really is. The only the only other thing the, the two I run is I'll either go full synthetic on like my my newer cars, and then I'll use the high mileage oil. High mileage oil is awesome. The major difference with the high mileage oil is it has a lot of detergents in it, so especially for like older cars, it's mm-hmm. going to clean out a lot of the carbon because as as the engine as the engine ages, you get more blow by. There's more more carbon coming from the combustion chamber, getting past your piston rings, and getting into the crankcase. So you. You end up with more carbon buildup inside the crankcase, and those those high um, high detergent, high mileage oils are better for cleaning that out. I wouldn't really, again, I wouldn't worry about that for you. Just stick with, you're doing full synthetic, stick with full synthetic.
0: I definitely will. AC's yeah. working okay? No smoke AC's or anything? I had AC replaced a couple of years ago, so yeah. it's good for a while. That I was
2: think. another list on that Sierra that said AC, uh, AC compressors yeah, go I, out I had the, around 70,000, 80,000. I, I did. Did it? it oh, did. there you go.
1: Yeah. Those AC those AC systems work hard down here in the South, yeah. man. Yeah.
0: Since I've yeah. moved here, I've noticed. So All I right, have, Chad. I, well, I hey, man, let us know how things hey, go. Thanks for the tips. I was trying to take notes, and uh, appreciate that. Appreciate you coming on yeah, with man. us. Appreciate yeah, man. having
2: All me. All right, coming up, we're going to talk. We're going from uh, one GM driver to another, and our next guest, we want you to stick around for because uh, I understand he's got a lot of love for GM products. And Scott Foreman joins us coming up next here on the Motor Mouse. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud, and we are the Motor Mouse.
0: More reliable than a North Star V8. (laughs) The Motor Mouse. Ditch and Bud on News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. It's only fitting that Bud uses
2: the North Star uh, reference here as we get back to the Motor Mouse. I couldn't help myself, man. You know it. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing on with us here as we continue to talk about cars, remind you about all the ways you can reach out to us, our Rich Powder Coating text line. you want to get a question or a comment on the board,
1: 901-683-0989. Social media and the Internet. Of course, we got the themotormouth.com. You can email us there. You can find me on Twitter at BudMotormouth, or you can find me uh, on YouTube, Thority's Garage.
2: And the easiest way to find all of it is at Newstalk989.com. Welcome to the studio. I think this is the first time we've had you in the room, Scott. I mean, you've actually been on this radio station before in some capacity with Tigers broadcasts. But welcome to the
3: Motormouth studio. Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, Scott Foreman's with us, and uh, Scott will uh, travel with the team. He's a, he's a, a, a very uh, big Tiger fan. As a matter of fact, so much so that you have a little history with the Tigers, specifically the real Tigers.
3: That's right. For a couple of decades, I was the Tiger guy. I provided Tom the Tiger to the University of Memphis. I had raised Tom 3 from a baby when he was starting when he was seven weeks old. And we had a wonderful time together while he was alive. He passed away a couple of years ago.
2: So when people see, you know, the truck pull up with the trailer and uh, and Tom 3 is in the trailer and everyone gathers around it outside the fountain at the football games,
3: that's you behind the wheel. That that was me. That was me for a long time. Big part of my life for a long time. Yeah. He's got the truck
1: with him today. Actually, it was a uh, 2019 Sierra. Is that right?
3: Yeah, 2019. That was the last Tiger truck, and uh, I'll always hold on to that for sentimental reasons.
1: No, that's
2: that's that's it's incredible, and that uh, Tom Three was. I uh, thought it was a great thing, and and uh, I know that it was a big big part of your life. So. Uh, also a big part of your life, I understand, is cars. I didn't know that about you. And uh, yeah. Jeff Brightwell said, you know who you ought to get on the motor miles. I said, who's that? He goes, Scott Foreman. I said, talk about the Tigers. He goes, no. Talk about cars, man. He's got a DeLorean, and
1: he'll talk all day with you about cars. So let's do it, Scott.
2: Well, so let's I, do
3: it.
1: I got to start with, I found out, uh, as we were talking here before we before we uh, got started, Ditch, uh, you daily drive an Elante with a North Star V8. <laughs> and our, our listeners are going to be cracking up on this because I, I rag on that motor so much. And again, it's, it's because I, as a technician who's had to work on these things, and by work on them, I mean get that thing out of my shop. I'm not touching it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you, you know the story. It's got, a guy comes into the shop and says, you know, hey, Man, I just got this. I just got this nice Cadillac DeVille. It's only got like eighty thousand miles on it. I got it for like four grand. It's just got a little oil leak, man. It's it's. It, uh, can we can we check that out? And then he the freaks out. The terminal oil leak. And then I, I show him the the bill
3: and say, you know, while we're there, we should probably just do those head bolts. Has yours has yours had the head bolts done to it? It has. Uh, my car uh, has 135,000 miles on it and just runs like a sewing machine, by the way. I'm one of the only people, y'all are going to find, that I'm a big fan of the North Star, believe it or not. It's a great piece of engineering, and they're wonderful engines when they're taken care of. Right. The taking care of it part is the big issue. Yeah, don't let them overheat. Right. The the overheating is what kills the North Star because the, the torque-to-load head bolts that they use to build it when they get hot— Those bolts expand, the head gaskets get weak, and you end up with the overheating problems that everybody knows about the Elante. From my standpoint, though, the the overheating issue to me was less about revealing a poor head bolt design and more about revealing how many people neglect and overheat their cars oh yeah yeah who just think eh, it's no big right. deal yeah, it's no big deal. did
2: you know that going in when you got that car about the north star problems or was that something you later discovered
3: oh i've had a number of north stars okay over the years i'm i'm real familiar with them and uh and and understand how to uh, take a look at them on the front end and decide if they're going to be a problem this particular car that i drive now came with about a six inch stack of of repair receipts. I bought it from the <laughs> I bought it from the original owner and, okay. and he kept every receipt of everything that he had ever done. And the car did have the the block reseal for right. the oil leaks that they're all gonna have it. You know, when you get about a hundred thousand miles, that's yeah. a North Star thing. And and that is a legitimate gripe about the engine. You're gonna spend a few grand getting that taking care of it. it's just the North star tax
1: you see I've thought I've yeah. thought about doing one myself I probably won't though it's not it's one of those I'm not I'm not gonna tell someone they're wrong for getting it if they know what they're getting themselves Wait into it's challenge free, when or you, something when but you, yeah. why challenge not challenge yourself yeah. yeah why not be, be, be fun see if I could see if I could turn one around but uh I'm I'm, I'm also at the end of the day I'm just not a huge fan of front-wheel drive cars I like rear-wheel drive uh, typically, or all-wheel drive. I've fallen in love with all-wheel drive. I've been driving that 2000 Grand Cherokee, and uh, that's my first all-wheel drive car that I've driven, like, as a daily driver. 10 and, miles a gallon? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, 12. 12, ditch, oh, sorry. 12, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you were telling me, actually, that you, uh, uh, Scott, you... Um, You've got a wa- you were driving a Wagoneer as a daily driver, and I'll bet that thing was getting just the best gas mileage. I,
3: I was for a while. It was an 87 Grand Wagoneer, the big old one with the wood grain on the side. The and best. I've, I've had a number of those trucks over the years. I had one a couple of years ago for about a year that I drove daily, and uh, those get seven, eight miles a gallon maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're going downhill, yeah. the wind behind you. S-
2: so, Scott, how what is your car
3: collection? So, my main, I, I'm really a, a classic General Motors guy with 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 more of a focus on Cadillacs and Corvettes Cadillacs are really my love I I grew up my father was a Corvette guy when I was growing up he liked to have Corvettes around and that was sort of our father son thing Mm -hmm. that we did as a child that's how I got into cars and, uh, but I, I always love the Cadillacs. I like the, the big, huge, old land yacht Cadillacs. Oh, They're God, so fun I'm, to I'm drive. Right with you on that one. Yeah. When, when you are in a seventies model Cadillac going down the road, you feel like the king of the world. There's just nothing like driving one of those cars
2: what does it did you hear the news recently the um a sixth generation gm uh camaro is done in 2024 and then that's it gm's discontinuing the camaro
3: i i saw an article yesterday alluding to that i think the the article that i read seemed to say that they weren't sure exactly what they were going to do with it which to me means that it's probably going to be over and they're just they they, they've made the decision they haven't gone public yeah. yet. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 is Camaro part of your uh repertoire Camaro is not something that I've had um I like them a lot of people are big fans of them and a lot of people do some amazing things with them and build some beautiful mods out of those old Camaros mm-hmm. but for me um for my personal taste the the Camaro much like the old Mustangs, which you know, they're beautiful cars, but they made so many of them. Yeah,
1: they're just everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. That's kind of my they're... feeling with the challenge, the new Challengers. I I kind of like them, but I see them all over the place. Right. Production car. I mean, it's just
3: yeah, oh, there's yeah. You know, part part of part of having a a a collectible car, so to speak, is having something that. You're not going to run into on so the where, road. Yeah, that,
1: that's why the, I like my Marauder. They made eleven thousand of those things, and I go to car shows, and guys look at it and go, "Marauder!" I know, I never, I know, because <laughs> it, it looks like a Crown Vic from across the street. But you uh, get up to it, and it's you know, What is this thing? And that's there's something so satisfying about that, getting to tell people about it.
2: The Marauder is one that I had heard of, and I don't ever think I ever really saw. Like, if you were to ask me until I met Bud, what a Marauder looked like, I, I would say I don't know. I've I've heard the brand, but. And then he came in and started talking about his Marauder, and, and and then I realized, oh, it's a Crown Vic, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, Panther platform. Yeah, but uh, juicier motor, much more luxury inside. And uh, so we got to talk about your CTSV, man. Um, <laughs> you said you've had two of them. I and, have. Uh, uh, I know you said the one you got now is an automatic versus versus a stick shift. Um, any any uh any reason you you've got that, where it was just the one you could get your hands on, or what, what would you? What, which one did you prefer
3: out of the two? Oh, I preferred the manual. Yeah, the, the one that I owned first. Uh, was a manual coupe and it was such fun to drive and i sold the car because you know i i sell cars i mean it, you know I, I buy a car I keep it a while and then i sell it and i right. sold that and i immediately regretted selling it and missed it so i had to find another one to buy the one that i found happened to be a coupe um uh, rather an automatic it is a coupe but it's an automatic rather than a manual and the issue with the v's with the second generation ctsv there are very few of them left that haven't been modified.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or
3: beat on. Right. And and with modified, not to rain on anybody's parade that might be listening, but so frequently modified goes hand in hand with being beat to death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like cars. I, I inherently like cars that are generally stock the way that they were built at the factory anyway, in addition to the idea that it might be less beat on when it's, not been modified um so I, I found this car which actually happened to be an original memphis car it's been in memphis its whole life serviced at at what was bud davis now cadillac of memphis so it just became a function of what i could find that was a nice car to acquire right
1: did yeah, you, those you, aren't just sitting around you gotta you gotta you gotta yeah, track yeah. them down did you go looking for it or did you happen
3: buy it, no, looking for something else no i i was looking for it i was out on the internet in the facebook groups and all the places you can right. be trying to find it
1: in, uh, and those
2: ctsv those things are fast too i mean I, i've i've read that they they can actually outdo a
3: hellcat it, it is a very fast car you know they, it's a 4.2 or three second, zero to 60 car and you know I, i've some of the the hellcats and the chargers and things like that they publish times that are faster than that but of course you know out here in the real world (laughs) (laughs) that there aren't very many people driving around the streets that can achieve a four second zero to 60 time i don't care what they're driving right but at the end of the day you know in street driving and and uh, up against a non-professional driver i'll put a ctsv up against just about anything they are fast
1: and they're so unassuming because you you know there's still kind of that that lingering attitude of like cadillac oh that's grandpa's car you know it's it's big and heavy and luxurious no you know it's not it's not going to go fast and then it's gone right yeah those
3: those things are those things are a riot but part of what makes that car so enjoyable is that when you're not trying to drive it fast it is a cadillac
2: yeah yeah the luxury of a cadillac
3: it's luxurious it's very comfortable it doesn't give you any headaches it, it doesn't come with a lot of the uh, baggage that a lot of high-performance cars have, it's a very comfortable car to drive every day. But when you want to get on it, it will flat and out you know, go.
2: I'm surprised, and i not necessarily start to go down the rabbit hole of crime. But you don't. I'm surprised that Cadillacs aren't on a list of of thefts as much as you don't see Cadillacs. Uh, these guys are carjacking people, aren't carjacking people Cadillac owners?
3: Well, and you're not seeing really anything from GM on those lists. Yeah. And is that a good or a bad thing <laughs> I, I mean it's I think, a good thing if you're a gm owner because yeah, you're it, not getting carjacked it, it's really a reflection if you've if you've looked into the car theft Issue as I have so much of it is it's the the uh, the key skimming technology
1: mm-hmm.
2: where they're right. skimming
3: the keyless entry and and using all of that. To yeah, we, we've cars. talked
1: about getting those Faraday pouches so you can block the signal coming from your key fob so no one can duplicate it. Yeah,
3: I I, I turned the keyless entry off on now, my GMC.
1: That's what I would do.
2: Uh, yeah, uh,
3: you know most cars you can turn that off, and now I just have to push the button to open the door rather than just walk up right. to it. Yeah, which is no big hardship, but. Um, like a
1: caveman. <laughs> I, I, think,
3: I think that the GM technology is just a little better at preventing the key skimming. Yeah, obviously, we all hear about the Hyundais and the Kias seem to oh, be Oh, yeah, the we, worst. we've talked mm-hmm. about that here on the motor mounts.
1: Um, the uh, insurance companies are are threatening to, like, drop those brands because it's just too easy to right. steal them.
3: So the, those Korean companies seem to have, they seem to be lagging a little behind on the technology on the key skimming. and. Uh, of course, the the Chargers and whatnot—they're very popular with F. So I guess maybe Chrysler. Uh,
2: do you, uh, Scott? Do you have show cars in your collection that you're, that, you know, uh, that you can talk about?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I have some old cars. I don't know uh, what you would consider a show car. I drive all my cars. I don't, okay. I don't have anything that's like a trailer queen. Trailer that you queen. Do, gotcha.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, show up and
3: might as well not have pistons in the cylinders. Right. But. Um, you know, I've got several Cadillacs and a couple of Corvettes and and the DeLorean, which is sort of the outlier, just because it was a childhood dream car. Uh,
1: yeah, that that thing will draw a crowd. So I got a, I got a question about the DeLorean. So I was talking about my uh, my sixty that sixty four Mercedes, the Pagoda. You 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 uh, noticed when I was showing you those pictures. And uh, one of the reasons I decided not to keep that car was because you can't really have any fun with it. The only thing you're allowed to do with those with those old Mercedes are restore them to perfect, like the day they rolled off the assembly. Line and if you do any kind of modification or have any fun with it, damn you're, you, you're yeah. wrong, yeah. and the the entire community is going to come after you. Um, are are DeLoreans like that? And uh, like outside of modifying it to look like it's you know the time machine, um, is there? Have you noticed uh, any kind of like like I I would want to if I owned one, I would probably want to swap the motor out. Is that an option? Would you? And uh, how does the uh, community feel about that around DeLoreans.
3: Uh, it's not an option for me because I just, as I said before, I like things to be pretty factory original. And so I, your
1: DeLorean
2: from the ground up is factory.
3: It is untouched. It's a 42,000 mile survivor car that's gotcha. just never been touched. Okay. Um, people are doing some interesting engine swaps with DeLoreans. Right. These days, uh, people have put LSs in them, which I think is silly. It's too much weight behind the rear axle. Um, People have put the 4.3 turbo Buick from the Grand National in them, which fits really nicely. Um, There was a DeLorean that sold last year. I saw the internet auction where they had taken a horizontally opposed uh, six-cylinder from a—
1: Like a Corvair? No, it it was from (laughs)
3: uh, a—I'm drawing a blank on exactly what car it was from. It was from some Japanese or Korean car that it made a lot of horsepower, and they put it in. It was a beautiful uh, build that they had done on that car but within the delorean community if you can even consider it a community right um the, the only real rub are the delorean owners that don't like the back to the future cars oh okay geez. yeah and i and i happen to fall into that category oh, I, I think it's that, not dolled up from yeah, the movie it's the, no mine is completely stock but the, yeah. the 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 time machine cars they're neat if you've if you ever get the chance to see one in person, they're really cool. There used to be one at Hollywood Casino in Tunica. I don't know if it's still there or not. And I mean they're really really neat and if you grew up in that era or even if you just love yeah, the it's movie, it's a pop culture icon. You know, I mean, a lot it, of people
1: that's why they love the car. Right. It's because it, of that. It's of those a movies. cool thing to
3: see, but building one of those time machines effectively destroys a DeLorean. Yeah. So, it takes
1: the credit away.
2: How long was DeLorean, that incarnation of DeLorean as a manufacturer in, in was it six years? How long did it oh last?
3: No. They they were built, they legitimately built cars in 81 and 82, then went bankrupt. Okay. And when the bankruptcy receivership went into the company, they sort of took what was left there. There were some partially built cars and there were some parts and things and they sort of Finished out what was there, and they called those eighty threes.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, and then we. So
3: it was really only.
1: So we we've talked about uh, we've talked about now they're they're building them again. They uh, it was the, have you seen this? The yeah, uh, there was a club that acquired all the old inventory, yeah, yeah, the the they, factory parts that were left over, they, and they're trying to put them to uh,
3: finish them off and put them together. That company they've been around a long time. They bought the assets of Delorean out of bankruptcy back in the eighties, and they've been down in Houston for all this time. I've been there, bought lots of parts from them. They're the go-to guys when you need parts okay, for your so, DeLorean. Okay, so it's but been a parts
2: house until now.
3: Well, they're not building anything.
2: They're not building anything. No, okay. they,
3: they, and that's been a, an urban legend, which the company itself has has fed into that as I was an to urban say, they legend. They
1: perpetrated that because
2: they released yeah. a yeah, video. We, yeah, that yeah,
3: whole video well, about yeah, how they're, they, they're assembling them and they, all that. They've, they've released some information in the last year or so that they're planning to build an electric DeLorean. Oh, we saw that. Which the renderings are beautiful all of the publicity they've sent out it looks great i'll believe it when i see it mm-hmm. but as far as the building delorean's thing all they're doing is restoring deloreans okay, they they're not manufacturing gotcha. new cars if you bring them a delorean or parts of a delorean they have all of the original part stocks down there and they can build you you know build you so to speak a delorean but it's still a 1981 deLorean right the title and the serial number are still going to say 1981 deLorean
1: so they're they're not assembling anything new they're not they're not and they're not i know they're not manufacturing any parts i remember the in the video the guy said they had i think like 1600 pairs of doors and that was the limit of what they could
3: what they could accomplish because they're
1: not going to get those those remade or anything eventually they're going to run out
3: right and the the uh the body dies that were used to stamp the body panels Mm -hmm. are in the bottom of the north sea really oh the, What's the story with that? The British government was the largest investor in DeLorean Motor Company because the factory was in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And that was during the period of time where you had the Irish Republican Army and all of the right. unrest in Ireland. So the British government thought that if you built a factory there and gave all of those people jobs, maybe they would quit firebombing each other. <laughs> And it worked to a degree. R- 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 it it, it did help uh, reduce some of the violence down there. The DeLorean factory did get firebombed. But the when, the when the company went bankrupt, the government was none too happy about that. And then when John DeLorean had his uh, run-in with the FBI, yeah. they really got irritated. So the body dies. That's one of the single largest investments if you want to start building a car. Yeah, that's a that's a big investment to have those gigantic dies that take the raw metal and stamp it into the right into the body panels. Yeah, and so the British government decided that they were going to make sure that Mister DeLorean could not build cars anymore, and they took his body dies into the North Sea and dumped them. Wow! So spite the answer is spite. <laughs> wow. yes. good old fashioned British spite.
2: Uh, okay, <laughs> S- Scott Scott Forman's with us here on the Motor Mouse and Scott, we can't let you out of the studio without asking. You're a car guy. Uh, this push to electric what do you think of it
3: you know it's fine what if people want to own electric cars I think that's wonderful I think that the key for it to truly be successful though is that it's got to be a product that people want mm-hmm. and it's got to have an ownership experience that makes people happy no one had to convince, you know, when the automobile was introduced and started to become popular in the early 20th century, the government didn't have to outlaw horses. Right. <laughs>
1: Good point. Thank you. you know, Someone great point. says it, Ditch. You know, the, the, great point.
3: The, the automobile was a better product with a better ownership experience than the horse and buggy. And the consumer went that way. Yeah,
1: the alternative was well, a horse or a car. Well, I
2: think right. I'll take this, the car. This it, is
1: exactly what we've been saying on the on the motor miles. Is just let the market do its right. thing. Let, let people make the product its thing. people want because there, there's, I feel like there's a place for them for everybody. You know, there's, there's a place for them within our our economic system and everything. It's just turning it into this replacement is what's yeah, driving people
3: crazy. Driving the replacement too soon, yes, is going to create turmoil. The reality is that right now. Electric cars don't go fast or don't go far enough, mm-hmm. particularly in cold weather, and the infrastructure to recharge them is insufficient, in my opinion. No, a, that, know, that's it, fact. As I a think consumer. That's, that's so, fact, yeah. I mean, right now, you cannot get in your electric car and drive to the beach in Destin from Memphis without having a stopover to have a charging Charge event, somewhere, yep. Which, number one, you got to find the charger. Right, Number two, got to find an unoccupied charger. And then number three, the charger may or may not charge as fast as it's supposed to.
2: You may be overnight charging your car. You know, uh, then there's other aspects of it. We've covered on the motor mouths. The saltwater climate does not work well with uh, with electric cars. We just saw a video, uh, I don't know the validity of it, but a ship full of electric cars in uh, in the sea. And some of the electric cars on the outer deck, the top deck of the ship, caught fire when the waves... Crashed over the bow of the ship, uh, and of course Felic- we
1: talked about the Felicity Ace. Felicity
2: Ace, I'm sure you're familiar with that story. Full of electric Porsches and other cars, and once one of them caught, boom, the whole thing. Right. Uh, so there, there's a lot of issues with it to be worked out for sure. Still, uh, yeah,
3: there, there's no doubt about it. it. It is the the people who are interested in transitioning to electric cars are pushing it. In my opinion too fast too soon yeah i agree know, yeah it's t- my
1: it's my kind of standing that if you just let the market do its thing you'd probably see a lot of households with one of each you'd well, have your, your gas truck and your electric car you commute in the car you'd take the truck on trips or whatever you got to do
3: with it right and, and tesla really has been the myo. tesla came out elon musk invented that company and and started producing cars and once they became a great product people started buying them right have you so driven you, one I haven't. I've oh, ridden are, in one. I haven't driven get, one. Take the opportunity if you get one. They're a riot. Yeah, I them. mean they're they're pure torque. Yeah, I mean it, it's it, it can be a lot of fun. I mean it's not. I'm not one to just about. try and uh, and dog out electric cars. I, I think they're fine. I'm just worried about the uh, ramifications of forcing the technology before it's really ready.
2: Yeah, that's that's the bottom that, line. Uh, the entire system, the infrastructure system, everything surrounded with it. Uh, including the factories and the manufacturers so uh well Scott man it's been fascinating we want to get you back in here on the Motor Mouse and have you, have you talk some more about cars and uh
1: yeah got to get it, you to bring by one one of those one of those rides when it's not pouring rain yeah,
2: out, for sure yeah,
3: absolutely be happy to
2: yep we appreciate your time here today on the Motor Mouse Scott Foreman and uh is there a place that you uh people can follow you or people if you do you
3: share any of your car experience online socially or not uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Scott the Tiger Guy. Okay, and okay. Uh, I may post a picture from okay. time to time there.
2: All right. Well, Excellent. We'll we'll, uh, we'll look forward to uh, having you back in studio here soon, man. Thank you. All right, that's it for this week's Motor Mouths. You can find us online. It's very easy. Just go to newstalk ninety 9. On the very top, you'll see the Motor Mouths. I'm Ditch. I'm Bud, and we are the Motor Mouths.